Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Let's get it started in here. And the bass keeps running, running, and running. Five seconds left in the game. You believe in Context, there's no disrespect, so when I bust my rhyme, you break your necks. We got five minutes for us to disconnect. All of it is on the field. We're going to get the mission. We're Let's get it started. Let's get it started. What's up? What's up, everybody? Welcome to the opening line. We are back after our Thanksgiving hiatus. Um, how's how's everyone doing? Wits, how was your Thanksgiving? How's uh, how's the full tilt that we're on right now? <laughs> Thanksgiving was good, Roz. Um, I didn't go too hard on the main course, but just like last year when you were over, I went for that third piece of cake about 10.30, and oh boy, did I regret it. Um, but still alive, still here. Um, and yeah, speak, speaking of a big tilt, uh, college basketball, I hadn't watched more than 15 minutes, I think, the past three years, and I'm watching three games at a time now because it's the only thing on. So there's that. Um, so yeah, we might have to start bringing you some college basketball plays. Yeah. I mean, that's something that we had done in years past where I'll just casually toss out some scores for the Saturday or Friday night slate. Usually it's just Ivy league on Friday. So we'll see, we'll get some things to you. It's a weird year, obviously with COVID and everything. Um, so we'll have to see how it all pans out and what the schedule is going to look like. Currently they're doing their non-conference tournament season. So we just had the Maui Championship come to an end with Texas winning on a buzzer beater today against UNC. Um, that one hurt me, but helped help the boys, help the rest of the Sobel guys. They were on Texas today. Um, I had UNC minus one and a half, so could have gone either way. Um, and uh, hopefully, hopefully we're going to bounce down the line. But uh, yeah, other than that, we have been full tilt for college basketball. The NFL has just been the roast factory of the Sobel Express. Chase Edmonds, our only bright spot last week with the over two and a half receptions. Um, other than that, we didn't even take game picks. We bet we bet Thursday through Sunday, but it didn't go very well. So you're fortunate we missed that um, yeah. episode. And then we've got golf back. The last one of the year, JT is playing. He's currently 5-1 to one to win the tournament, which is absolutely insane. Um and uh, we're going to bring that to you today. So, Wits, do you want to start off with the Mawakabi? I just made that up. <laughs> Open or whatever they're calling it. Yeah, I think it's the Mayakoba Classic um, down in Mexico. Yeah, Roz, this is exciting. It's the last uh, last tournament on the calendar for 2020, and then we'll we'll get to take a month off. So let's uh, let's fire up the bets this week. Let's get it rocking. Um, and yeah, let's I'll start us off with a couple winners here. But Roz, wait, of course. I'm I'm more than stoked to have you start this off, especially since you're going with the winners. But before you start this off, we're going to need to take a quick break. We'll be back with Wits' winner's pick when we get back after the commercial break. Thank you so much, everybody. This is the opening line. Well, 
I think you've heard plenty about uh, our fantasy football league, but let's tell you where we go to try to make our money elsewhere. This is my favorite place to go, and that is betonline.ag. The NFL season is in full swing, and you know that my Packer love is an all-time high, even coming off of the loss. You might not be at the game this year, but you can still be in on the action at BetOnline. Um, I got to tell you, we've been there often. We're at their tables playing casino games as well as making our bets. Um, one of the best betting li- websites on the internet. From game spreads and totals to team players and coach coaching props, BetOnline gives you more options to wager than any place online. And there's always the online casino as well. It never closes. Again, you can find Wits and I there. We are the old men who will never leave the table. So head on over to betonline.ag today and take advantage of all the great sign-up bonuses. Again, that is betonline.ag and sign up today. Bet online, your online sports book, sports book experts. Woo woo! And we're back with the witches winners for the Maracaba Malacaba. I'm never gonna get it right. Open uh, wits. I cut you off there, but we're back. We're excited to have you lead the charge. I had a rough week two weeks ago um, on the golf gridiron, so this is this is gonna be your runaway week. Yeah, I'm, I'm feeling pretty good. I've got uh, two guys that I'm targeting off the bat here. Um, you know, uh, JT at five to one doesn't interest me at all. He could run away with it, but as if you listen to the show, you know that five to one is just is just not enough. Um, so the two guys I'm looking at, Roz, will start a little lower on the board. Is Patton Kazire at not excuse me seventy to one? Um, he's a guy who's been in really good form lately. Has two top fifteen finishes in his last couple tournaments. Also won this tournament back in twenty seventeen. So we're looking at a guy who has won here before. He's in good form, and at seventy to one, that's the type of bet I like to make pre-tournament. Um, you know, especially as as the last tournament of the year here. And now a little further down the board, uh, definitely more of a long shot here, but a guy who has played some good golf, uh, especially in the Shriners Open when he was there right at the end. Austin Cook at 125 to 1. Um, he's a guy who can really get hot with the irons. And I think, you know, if that happens for him this week, I want to hop on him on Thursday because um, this guy can really go on a birdie streak. And, uh, you know, out of all the guys below 100 to 1, I think Austin Cook is my top play. So, those are the two guys that I'm going to be on pre-tournament. And then, uh, obviously, we only record on, on Wednesday, but I'll be looking for some guys to hop on live. Um, so I might throw a few of those picks on Twitter. And, yeah, we can uh, all be on the same page, the same winning bandwagon. Yeah, uh, I'm scrolling through. I'm pretty sure we're all in the same. You took Patton and Austin, who are my pre-tournament winners. Leishman, because there was a deal on uh, DraftKings, which I know I swore off at one point on this show, but... It's got to be. It's got to be told that this is one of the best inventions of all time. To have betting at your fingertips, no longer texting a bookie, is just absolutely incredible. So um, I'm full tilt with this. We got Mark Leishman, Cook, and Kizari for the pre-tournament winners. As Witt said, we record it now, but we we hop on a lot of live winners um, as the tournament progresses. For first round leader, which is another obvious big day for the Sobel Express. I'm actually taking Peter Molinati because it's a guy who's chased down our leaders so often this year. So why not put money on him? If he's going to be up there, it'll make me happy at least for the first time. Um, but we're putting a little money there. We've got Doug Gim, who I like a lot for first-round leader. 
Emiliano Grillo has been the guy I've been talking about all week to the Sobel Express. So we're hoping he comes in the clutch here. Um, maybe he starts hot, has a tough Friday, and we throw a little bit of money for bounce back potential on the weekend. Get a double winner out of him this week. We have got to go to HB3. Uh, just one of our classic first round picks. Uh, he He's come through in the clutch for wits before, and this guy could go on a streak like none other, so we'll see. And then lastly, I've got Russell Knox. Um, Russell Knox is the man uh, to close off my first round leader bets, but those are the those are the guys I'm riding in with come Thursday morning. Yeah, and I'm going to add one more guy on top of that, Roz. Uh, I really like Keegan Bradley this week. Uh, you know, I'm taking him as a first round leader. I mean, I also think he's a strong DFS play. I mean, I, I think the key, you know, playing DFS tournaments, which I, I think is one of the things we like to do. We're not, not playing the double ups or the cash games, which might be a little smarter, but uh, we're trying to hit the home run. I think Keegan Bradley um, is a guy with a little bit lower price tag who's not going to be very highly owned. So, you know, I, I love the play there this week. I, I would put him in my, my top three plays for the week uh, from a DFS perspective. And then one other bet, that I really like this week is Abraham answer uh, top five at plus 500 um, kind of close to putting a little money on him to win, but at plus 1800 for a guy who's never won before, that's not really exciting to me, but I do love this top five play here for, I would say Roz, maybe one of the top guys on tour who doesn't have uh, his first win yet. So I think Abe in his home country in Mexico uh, last tournament of the year, played really well at the Masters, you know, save for the last 12 holes on Sunday. But, he, you know, he was in it. He was in the final pairing. So I love Abe Answer this week. I think you're getting a, a pretty good price on him for top five. So that's where I'm going to put uh, a little bit more of my money as well. Yeah, I've uh, I've been staying off the top five, tw- 10s and 20s. And Ruben's yeah. made it very clear that that's probably where I should be spending most of my money. But... Uh, unfortunately, I don't trust the process enough. Uh, clearly, I'm going to sneak a favorite in there at some point. Uh, Justin's Thomas is just way too high, and I'm not a big fan of Kepka's value either, especially since he hasn't proven a whole lot this season since he badmouthed J- Dustin Johnson. Um, any other sneaky little golf plays you're having, or is that pretty much all we got for this Open? Yeah, I mean, I think I'm I'm gonna take a little flyer on an old guy here. If you're looking for a, a pretty good value bet, uh, you might want to take a look at Steve Stricker. Um, Steve Stricker, obviously playing on the Champions Tour now. He's 53 years old. Uh, you can get him at plus 6,500 on DraftKings to finish in the top five. I've uh, seen a lot of good, a lot of good things about him on the course this week. Uh, you know, in terms of needing some good driving accuracy. Um, I think it's going to play a little more important on this course as compared to some other courses on the tour. So if you're looking for a little a little home run that you don't necessarily have to place a winner bet on, I mean, look at Steve Stricker for a top five, top ten, or even a, even a top 20 play. I think you're getting some good value there. Um, so that's a nice little, nice little shooter if you're trying to take a little bit more of a gamble. Yeah, um, and that is golf for the week. Um, we move over into the NFL, um, big big fantasy implications come down to the final week of the season. I know everyone's excited about it. Took a hit this week with uh, Will Fuller. I'm still clearly not over it. 
Um, I just don't understand, not so much on Will Fuller's part, but on the NFL's part, how it took them 11, 12 weeks, 13 weeks to find out he was on something that he took in July. I mean, would have loved a little bit of an Elliott treatment there, maybe miss weeks two through eight, but I'm going to be without my uh, number one receiver going forward. Uh, that one will be tough to to bounce back from. Wits, you're going for historic levels. There's only one person who will have ever had a worse record than you in our league in fantasy. Unfortunately, we still don't have punishments for last place. But Wits, you are at the bottom, and there's uh there's a chance you could play spoiler this week if you beat your opponent. You can keep him out of the postseason. Yeah, my, my original plan five weeks ago was to get to week 13 and have this game actually mean a playoff spot. Um, unfortunately, only true for my opponent this week, uh, who actually got a, a very nice break uh, from another team in our league um, with a chance to win this week. But that's enough talking fantasy. I've had enough. It's been 12, 12 weeks of just an absolute nightmare. So we'll, we'll move on. We'll move on, Ross. Uh, but looking at the NFL this past week, actually just completed week 12 tonight with the Pittsburgh Steelers playing the Ravens. Um, but any, any big takeaways from week 12 on your end? Um, it's not really a big takeaway for the Packers to demolish the Bears the way they did, but that's just been a rivalry, the longest in NFL history. Um, but it's been so one-sided for the last two decades. It's, uh, it's hard for me to brag when they get a win of that substantial status. Um, other other teams in the league, again, the Colts-Titans are so interesting to me because it feels like this every year, regardless if they're both at the top, which they are this year at their division, or the bottom, they split these games, and you never know which, no way, to, you never know which way to bet them, and I always bet the first game wrong. The second game, I just stay off of, but I always bet the first game between the two wrong. And it just blows my mind. It's literally in sync every year. <laughs> and yeah, Roz, this was uh, this was one pick that I, I wish I'd gotten out on, on the show last week. Tennessee was my was my best bet of the week. Um, you know, when I look at that first game, I know it wasn't very close, but it was just a couple key tactical errors by the Titans. You know, looking at those drives with the back to back, you know, shank punt and block punt for a touchdown. And all the numbers, even though Tennessee was an underdog, they, they were pointing towards the Titans, and that game was over in the first eight minutes, I think. So that was a, you know, a strong showing by Tennessee in a, in a very important divisional matchup. And then a couple other things across the league. Um, the Dallas Cowboys, and they are absolutely atrocious, and I cannot believe we threw away more of our hard-earned money on the Cowboys on Thanksgiving Day because that made for a very tough dinner watching them puke all over themselves against the Washington football team. Oh, it was so bad. I had to get so stoned in order just to to, to advance to the evening after watching such an <laughs> ugly freaking football game. Um, and the same went for the Lions in the first game. Uh, Fantasy-wise, everything hit, and I didn't really bet that much. Fucking trying to work on points bet or whatever that app is. They just stalled so i missed my first bets causing me to lose all the money i put on the cowboys but cowboys and the nfc east honestly as a whole just so depressing to watch it's not real football it could questionably be another division in college football um that's how bad they are um 
but Washington coming out on top. Them and the Giants are first in the division after the Eagles ugly loss to the Seahawks. The Seahawks didn't look impressive, but they did get a, they did come away with the win. And Gruden being Gruden, losing 43-6 to to the Atlanta Falcons of all people. Derek Carr looks awful. Just entering the same same part of his career that we saw a little bit earlier in his older brother's career. Um, he's going to fade into the distance. And then I think we got to talk about the the immediate need to fire Anthony Lynn after what a horrible game he put together. The Bills had five turnovers in the fourth quarter, basically saying, hey, guys, come take this win. Come take, You can have it. This is all yours. Super easy. I'll give you three of the turnovers at midfield. The other two, I might make you work a little bit harder. But here is the ball. Go win the game. And Anthony Lynn has no idea what he's doing on a – Third and inches, I think he goes for a wild option play. And this is the beginning of the fourth quarter. This isn't even the worst play. He goes for a wild option play that goes way back, so you can't even go for it anymore on fourth down. Then he's using timeouts left and right to make decisions that don't need a timeout. If you have good play calling and a good strategy, you get the plays in and you move forward without burning these timeouts in a game that you are trailing. And then, of course, with 20 seconds left, he runs the ball with no timeouts on the five-yard line, and it doesn't get in, basically running the clock out on himself. Um, it's, it's pitiful. I mean, you, when you see websites like Yahoo Sports or ESPN, when they do their write-ups, they're pretty biased, right? Or they're not biased. I forget which way it's supposed to go. Whatever the point is, their opinions are more about the outcome and the players in it. But when you have the article relating specifically to how bad the coach was in the game, that's when it's a problem. You need to get the boot because there's so much talent in San or not San Diego. Now Los Angeles, the Chargers have so much talent. They should be better than their record is. Um, and I know you're one to go against that statement, but the Chargers, that was embarrassing. Yeah, I completely agree with you. Um, and it was funny. This was like one of the first weeks ever I wasn't on the Chargers, but I do feel the same pain that every plus four Chargers better felt when you know after getting the ball to the five yard line with 30 seconds left after a timeout, um, the Anthony Lynn, the offense, Herbert, completely out of sync, and he decides to QB sneak it on the five-yard line, which it seemed like I'm not going to blame it on Herbert, but there was such a miscommunication there. Um, and I know they weren't going to win the game, but you'd still like to see a team put up a little better effort than that, and that just goes back to coaching, just not being prepared. Um, not being ready to play in the key situations. And, you know, if this happens once, fine. But it seems like it's happening every week for this Chargers team. And for them to be two and whatever they are, two and nine, three, whatever they are, I think they should have at least six wins with just an average coach. They should probably be an eight-win football team right now. But, you know, Anthony Lynn, you know, I don't dislike the guy, but he's just he's just not a good coach. And in the NFL – Along with needing a good quarterback, you need a guy who can manage the game in critical situations, something that Anthony Lynn just hasn't been able to do. I mean, that's, it's just a straight-up fact. So I think he is going to be looking for new employment next year. Um, but, yeah, Roz, other than that, we had – actually, I, I had one question for you, Roz. So the Ravens game, Ravens-Steelers got postponed two different times, three different times right? That got, game got played today on Wednesday. I want your opinion on 
what you think of the NFL making the Denver Broncos play and suit up last Sunday when they had no active quarterbacks on the roster? I think what happened, it's different circumstances. I see that they're, it's under the same COVID pretense, but apparently Denver reported it later and um, the quarterbacks are all fined. I think the way it was handled was different. Different. I know each team should be handled similar, similarly, um, but it was a coach who, quote unquote, didn't know he had COVID and was around his players and they got that handled earlier in the week, whereas the the Broncos came in so suddenly at the end of the week um, and they're out of bite. So why, why things are being crunched and done differently than it was at the beginning of the season is because they can't play with bye weeks anymore. So mm-hmm. they, they have to make work what, like what is possible to do. And I don't know what they were thinking, but I know that the quarterbacks for the Broncos wouldn't have been ready if that game had been pushed back to Wednesday or even Thursday of this week. Um, and it would just, it would just completely mess up the schedule. Honestly, I think what we're, what we're headed towards is teams being punished with a forfeit. I'm surprised they didn't make Denver do that. I thought that was ultimately going to be the play, but Denver misreported, reported late in the week, which was different from what the Ravens did. Um, and that's why there was a discrepancy and that's why they had different results. Um, but all of it's wrong. I mean... I don't, the NFL's really got to get it get itself together. The NFL had put in place a great plan to make sure that football was going to be able to complete its season, have a playoff, have a Super Bowl, but the players, the coaches are lacking discipline later into the season now, and we're starting to see COVID really impact teams across the country. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's, it's definitely getting tough, you know, if it wasn't already tough enough, so... Um... I mean, you feel for everybody involved in the situation. And you know what? As bad as the Broncos were, I mean, I've got to give a lot of credit to Kendall Hinton for stepping up. And, you know, I, I know it was ugly. I know they completed one pass. But, you know, for, for a guy to go out and, you know, do that for the team, I thought it was really cool. You know, a, a guy who had played, I think, a few games at Wake Forest, um, you know, four or five years ago to have zero practice reps and go out and start an NFL game. I mean, if I'm going to say one good thing about that game, um, Kendall Hinton, you know, what he did, I know it wasn't very much, but I thought that was still pretty cool, you know, that he went out there. And, you know, I think I think they gave it their best effort, but that just goes to show you how actually how important an NFL starting quarterback is. Um, and my last thought on that was I, I thought the NFL should have granted the Broncos' request to start their uh, quality control coordinator, um, Rob Calabrese. I really thought they should have because the the product, I think the big problem was the product that was put out on the field on Sunday was was not good for anybody. It wasn't good for the Broncos. It wasn't good for the Saints. And it wasn't good for the fans. It was just, it was a complete shit show, um, which was kind of expected, but it was was an unfortunate situation. Yeah. Um, But we have to look forward to week 13 now. And Wits, what are you looking forward to? I think with golf, I'm going to tell myself I'm going to take it easy. I'm betting this week. Who knows what ultimately that leads to. Um, but I know you came ready with picks. I know you wanted to put some picks down on the track. What are you most looking forward to this upcoming week of the NFL season? Yeah, Ross. So I'm going to go a little against my normal grain here. I've got uh, two big favorites that I'm taking this week. And the first one 
is the Minnesota Vikings uh, playing the Jacksonville Jaguars. Uh, Minnesota looked pretty awful for, I would say, a majority of that game last week with the two defensive touchdowns and back-to-back plays that they let up. But I really like them this week against Jacksonville. Um, I think Kirk Cousins, this is the type of team that he can light up. He's very good against man defenses. And I think along with Dalvin Cook, I think they're going to have a big game, so I I would be okay with laying the 10 at home here. My other big favorite, I think this is going to really surprise you, I'm going to take the Raiders minus 8 going to the Jets this week. Now, the Raiders probably played one of the worst games I've ever seen last Sunday against the Falcons, but that's why I like this number. I think if they had played a better game or even won, I think this number is over 10 easily. But I think the Raiders have shown us they can get up. They can be a good team. just doesn't happen every week, uh, hence they're 6-5. and five. But I do like them laying the 8. Then my last three picks, I'm going to go with Detroit and Arizona, uh, plus 3. And then I'm going to go with the Patriots, which is now pick them, traveling to Los Angeles, playing the Chargers. Um, Big win by the Patriots last week. So I'm going to take them against the Chargers because the Chargers don't know how to win football games, and the Patriots do. I'm pretty impressed that the Colts are only three-point favorites against the Texans after losing Will Fuller. There's not a whole lot left in Texas uh, for the Houston Texans. I kind of like them in this game, especially a bounce-back candidate um, after the beating they took by the Titans. So I would put a little bit of dough on that. I agree with you. I like the Vikings a lot. I like the I did like the Seahawks less than I thought I was going to like them. Kansas City minus fourteen. I think is interesting. I think they should be able to blow out that Broncos team. That's getting a little bit higher and higher. Um, there's not a lot of good games this week. Buffalo minus one and a half against the 49ers. I think again the 49ers getting a li- little bit more credit than I think they deserve. Um, beating the Rams and we'll just have to see how that all unfolds and uh yeah that's kind of what I what I'm seeing right now in the NFL and the Packers minus nine just easy uh Packers are going to demolish the Eagles at home and uh they're going to move on to nine and three yeah I I can see it the uh Packers played great uh, against the Bears last Sunday night um I know the final score was 41-25 but it's it could have been 41 to 10. Um, and yeah, it's just a typical, typical bears this year. And the Packers just, they just ate it up. Mitch Trubisky was predictably pretty brutal. Uh, once again, with a couple turnovers, you know, that defensive touchdown didn't help. So yeah, the Packers march on here and, uh, it looks like they won't have a ton of competition on the NFC side of things for the playoffs, but you know, I think the Bucks are, are still a live play. You've got the Saints. Um, so, yeah, it'll be interesting here. Yeah, I'm all for that. Um, I placed a parlay bet on the Vikings minus 10 and the Colts minus 3.5. Um, I'm probably going to do a couple variations of that um, here. Um, those are just my two favorite for the week. Uh, but that has been placed. Oh. Oh. Okay. Never mind. Um, but yeah, that is the end of this week's episode. I have had a raging headache the entire fucking time. So thank you guys so much for listening. Hopefully you take our golf bets and we go from there. This has been the opening line with your boys Wits and Roz. We'll be back next week, better than ever, and hopefully minus a hangover. Whoops, minus a headache, not a hangover. Those are, those are, I don't even know what to say. All right, peace. (laughs)
Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.